Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And you are listening to episode 97 of the podcast with the delightful Adam Lehman coming to us from Columbus, Ohio. What a joy to talk to. He's full of energy. He's hilarious. Uh, a, a dry wit about him and always quick with a joke, plucky comment. And plucky, yeah. And I should I should also say extremely insightful. Yeah, man. Absolutely. We were talking about we were talking about some some geometric things, some shape-based things, some relationship things, some creative stuff. Yeah, a little of everything. Uh, in a conversation we were calling Spheres, uh, which uh, more directly is examining how different portions of our life, be they professional or romantic or personal or interpersonal, uh, extrapersonal, extrapersonal, superpersonal, uh, how they intersect with each other and what happens when that happens. Uh, and it turned it to, out to be a really illuminating conversation about creative motivation in general yeah we talked a lot about his relationship and then we kind of dovetailed that into talking about constraints and hype and recommendations and the current state of affairs in our world and he tried to get us to talk about politics but we wouldn't do it dude we stayed strong I'm high, high five that's baby. good Vince we love here. that man stonewall them that's a rare case okay well maybe it's a common case I don't know you tell us most of our guests don't try it but yeah we respect can. shouts out to him for trying it yeah yeah uh and shouts out to Symbolcast, the tool with which we publish the podcast it is truly the easiest way to well from my experience the easiest way to publish a podcast they make it incredibly simple they really live up to the name there's no more intuitive fast immediate and stress-free way to make your thing listenable boom and boom they're they're awesome perhaps, they're awesome to work with perhaps as a um as a nod to it i saw the great discontent which is a project you and i both follow and enjoy uh recently launched a podcast and they're doing so on simplecast and it just makes sense it's not surprising at all that they would do that so thank you so much to simplecast for making a great platform and for just being awesome and thank you adam layman for being a, a real treat on the cast Ooh man he was he was a Total ice cream treat. sunday of a guest yeah. vince you never get this like you deserve to be celebrated too thank you vince for doing the podcast with me oh hey grant thank you thank you for thanking me and thank you for doing the podcast with me Ooh. hey listener we didn't forget about you thank you guys for your ongoing support and patronage we hope you enjoy episode 97 spheres That's good. At first I was afraid, then I was petrified. Dance with your fear, Vince. When when Vince is uncomfortable, it's a good sign. It means we're headed towards some fertile, fertile territory. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my breathing has gotten more intentional and better is not the right word because better is too broad. It's too linear. It's too black and white. That's not... Yeah. That's yeah. Not effective. Mm. Effective in a lot of areas of my life. But my breathing. I think yoga has been really helping my breathing. Actually, it's been helping my... Mm, my intentionality? Mm-hmm. Perhaps, or perhaps my... 
present mindedness. It's helped your pacing, I think. Your 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 pacing of speech. I feel like you're a bit more measured. You mean that? Yeah, I do actually. Well, I'm I'm pretty excited. Yeah, like even you're, you do the Grant classic like tangential talking, which is one of your charming features, but it's <laughs> it's not quite as frenetic. Charming. <laughs> I think so. Okay, that's I'll nice. Speak for myself, the audience of one. Yeah, I'll take that. I mean, that's who I do it for. Oh, great. I mean, I mean it. Um, wow, I was building up to, and now I'm a little too conscious of my breathing. Now I'm self-conscious. <laughs> now, oh, oh, no. Uh, okay. Vince, I was, well, I was going to ask you a question. And I hope I have the answer for you. I think I might. If you don't, honestly, man, we'll just work through it. Like, this is a safe space, and I want you to feel like it's okay to be you, to be Vince here. That's, uh, that's kind of you to say. And, and a question uh, is meant to challenge you, but it's also meant to expand you mm-hmm. and to mm, help you look inward, help you look outward, look downward, look behind yourself, look, look left, look right when you're crossing the street. And then tell me, Vince, what have you been putting your time into? What are you working on? Uh, well... I should say, I should quickly mention the the cast. We had uh, a couple of recordings in close succession. Uh, Six, yeah. They said secession. Like, like they like seceded. The <laughs> yeah. Uh, the wall of northern aggression. Uh, no. Uh, we, we had a couple of back-to-backs, uh, which always feels good. Yeah. And, uh, putting some work into that and uh, getting ready for a commercial shoot. I'm going out to Los Angeles tomorrow morning. Get on the, the bright and early red-eye flight and... Uh, is a red eye reserved for late flights at night? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'm getting on. Just depends on the flight. color of your eyes when yeah, you get exactly. on. I'm going early. Does that mean you're like stoned on the flight? Is that what that means? Ooh, I am headed out to California, IA. Uh, so who knows? But uh, yeah, I'm going to be there for four days. Going to be my first time ever on a commercial production, which I'm very excited I'm about. I'm so pumped to talk with you about this. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped to be able to talk about it. So that's been keeping me busy. Lots to do in the run-up. Uh, Grant, what have you been putting your time into? I hope it's not a spoiler alert, but I once spent... I, it had to be like four days, maybe more, with our guest in Los Angeles. Uh, and it was a real treat. Foreshadowing. Yeah, that's what I do, man. Astute it, listeners will be able to cross-reference <laughs> in their mind's archive all the references from the past and come up with... And the they'll story. be doing some research. Yeah, I've also sort of done the equivalent. Uh, it's a classic narrative, especially play um, tool where in the first act, you place a gun in the drawer. Ah, yes. And then in the third act... Of course, all laid bare by the fact that the episode title will have his name in it, so... Our work is for naught. Unless we hide it. Unless we do that, the first ever, like, question mark oh. episode art and question mark guest, mystery guest. Uh, well, I guess if you're listening now, we'll have already made that decision. And it will be a not to have done that because it makes no sense to do it. Uh, but... Grant, you still haven't you still haven't told me what are you what are you putting your time into? Uh, besides that fantastic little tangent, <laughs> um, mostly mostly some death to stock stuff, some photo stuff. I'm in the middle of directing a music video that I'm pretty hyped about. I think it's okay to say it's for a dude named Briscotzi, who maybe will show notes. I'm a big fan of his music and of his unreleased music, which is what I'm creating for right now, and that's gonna be a pretty dope video. It's it's um, a bit expansive. It's like a several week shoot. I've, this is the first time I've like chunked out. Like, I think almost all my music videos have been one day or like, 
insane sort of weekend benders. I think I've talked about that before. It was typically like start shooting at like 4 p.m. on a Friday, stop shooting at like 6 a.m., rest, start shooting again um, in the evening on Sunday, and then end at like 7 a.m. on Sunday because we could save money by uh, you just pay for one day on the weekend rental for equipment. Oh, shrewd. Yes. That's so, a life hack. Diff- yeah, life hack. Fuck. <laughs> uh, so this is a bit of a different approach that I'm quite enjoying. Awesome. Yeah. Excited for you, man. <sighs> Thank you. I'm also podcasting. And actually, right now. At We're this very moment, right this instant. <laughs> oh wow, what a treat that the listener gets to sort of be in on the process of working. <laughs> and what a treat that we get to have this guest on. I think the last time, uh, I, I was not. I guess the last time, as I foreshadowed, and this is where I, I, try, I run out onto the stage. I whip the drawer open. And I pull the gun out. It's a little early since this is Act Three now, and. <laughs> Still in the first 10 minutes of cast. What have we done? What have we done? But the last time I saw this fella, I was in Los Angeles, and that was during that Death to Stock project, and man, what a treat that was. And I think, I think the last time you saw him must have been getting first sushi. Yeah. First and last? First and last time I saw him, but not hopefully the last forever, Yeah, uh, was at a sushi bar here in Minneapolis. Ooh, what a treat. We had some sake. I forgot my backpack. One of those one of those sorts of evenings. And our guest today is coming to us. I believe he's in Columbus at the moment. I could be wrong. We'll be corrected. He's a that's true. fellow Midwesterner. I mean, at least in location. Now, I actually don't know where he's from. And I'm sure we'll get into that. He is the co-founder of the Wonder Jam, which is, can I say, proprieted? Can I verb that? Uh, sure. Okay, thanks, Vince. Why not? The classic coaching sign-off. Language sign is off. fluid. <laughs> Language is fluid. Sexuality is fluid. Gender is fluid. We're such an open-minded cast. Uh, but g- former guest, uh, that that former guest was Allie Lehman, which was episode 42? That sounds about right. With David Sherry, who's oft-referenced on the show. And that would make our guest today, her partner in crime, well, I hope not crime. I hope it's just business and life. But if it is crime, Bonnie and Clyde, go for it, baby. Uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Adam Lehman. It's amazing to get to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you. That's a, a rare I've, phrase. I've been diagramming out all the references that you have um, mentioned thus far in the show. and um, Do us a favor and take I, a photo of that. Send it to us. We'll show yes, you that. I, Just a I visual representation. Unless you're lying, you bastard. Um, uh, uh, like kind a of lie. Where there's like pictures I just the spilled wall. whiskey on my drawing, so I don't have it uh, anymore. Oh. And now you're referencing, well, what, that you're referencing the fact that I spilled some gin prior to us recording. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Truly a professional guest. Uh, thank you so much. I'm really excited to have a conversation with you again. It's been far too long. Uh, mm-hmm. And so let's kick things off by asking you, I'll do the honors. What have you been putting your time into recently, Adam? What have you been working on? Yeah, so I've been working a lot uh, lately. When I first met you guys, I wasn't doing any of this at all. But I've, I'm doing a lot of um, what I call coaching for lack of a better term that feels like coaching feels like too much of a I'm smart and I have to tell other people stuff um, way of thinking of things which kind of makes me uncomfortable but uh, facilitating Hmm. that sounds better Um, facilitating uh, and working with a lot of creative people and small businesses helping them kind of get their 
shit together um, in terms of branding, positioning, marketing, uh, figuring out how to price things, charge people, grow their business, things like that. Uh, so I spend a ton of my time doing that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, working on just a lot of content. I've spent sort of given myself to the craft of writing. Uh, so spending a lot of time writing th- thoughts and random ramblings that probably aren't fit for the public, but uh, it's a lot of fun for me to do. So I do a lot of that. Mm. Some of that work is, is productive in its own way too. And it's perhaps, perhaps relative, like you're pretty close, correct me if I'm wrong with Chris McAllister, former guest as well, who who is in that same sphere, I would say of like advising, consulting and is like, I mean, by many accounts and I would apply this label to you, just incredible in helping unblock and, and facilitate, like you said. Yeah. Uh, unblock is a word that I use a lot because it seems like everybody is a little bit like has a, like a little bit of a genius wizard artist, awesome person inside of them. And you just kind of got to, it's more about getting rid of the garbage than it is about mm-hmm. trying to like do more stuff, you know? Totally. That's like a, a Seth Godian, Go, Sethian? Seth Godinian. C- it's pronounced Sethian. Oh, a Sethian. A Sethian yeah, sort kind of, of like dance with fear, lizard brain stuff. But then also yeah. I'm thinking about like uh, Julia Cameron, like artist way, like embrace the mm-hmm. inner artist child. Yeah. Yes, exactly. B- both talking about really the same thing, which is like go do awesome shit and like get over the other stuff. Yeah, we're all talking about the same thing. Um, I'm just trying to trademark it better than those people, oh, so then I could that. retroactively sue them somehow. Love it, baby. American though, dream. Too. Yeah, um, that's the real goal. So, as as like important and really truly important and fascinating as your work is, you have an added layer. I would say a few added yep. layers. A yeah. few added layers to your personal dynamic, uh, and we alluded sort of obfuscationally to this earlier where you and your partner in crime, a.k.a. your partner in work, uh, mm-hmm. is also your life partner. Uh, yeah. Which is an interesting dynamic to us. And in a broader sphere, uh, a broader scope, I kind of, you know, let the cat out of the bag Tipped there. your hand there, good sir. You no, it's just foreshadowing. <laughs> you, you ran out on the stage and threw another gun in another drawer. Yeah, right. And that's how we do it on this <laughs> <Right>. show. Um, <laughs> we uh, want to talk about spheres. And, and yeah. more specifically... How different, you know, types of ourselves, be they the individual self, the relationship self, the work Mm -hmm. self, the creative self, how they intersect in our lives. And when that intersection happens, what happens? Um, So maybe if you want to start by giving us a little context, what's your current work situation? What's your current life situation? Uh, Set the stage for us. That's beautiful. Um, Yeah, this is like akin to back in the day when you would be on Instant Messenger and you would just start it off with like, you know, ASL, right? It's like age, sex, location. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but for the elevated, educated listeners of the cast, we talk about spheres. So what you got going on? Um, so for me, it's I spend all of you know my work days um, working with the same person who I spend my evenings and weekends and free time with. Uh, so it's like 24-7. Um, we sometimes joke that our marriage has been like um, for about – I'm trying to think. We've been working together sort of officially for three and a half years. For a year and a half before that, I was part of another sort of marketing agency and um, had a very sort of remote working situation. So I worked from home a lot of days. She was building her own freelance graphic design business before that. So we spent a lot of time together even before we 
worked together. Um, so for probably about the last five years, uh, Allie and I have spent, you know, virtually all of our time together, um, which has been just an interesting sort of relationship dynamic. We joke that we've been married in like 40 years in dog years or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cause you know, the, the, you know, sort of, if you want to say stereotypical family, you know, works and then spends their evenings and weekends together. Um, mm-hmm. And we do all of that plus a bunch more time as well. So, but um, some would say to this point that that level of, you know, siloization and some time apart is actually good. I mean, that's not mm-hmm. a, a universal truth. Uh, have you experienced any, you know, strife or friction because of that? Or has it been a boon in certain ways? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's definitely, I would say it's, it's easy to see where in normal search, uh, not normal, nothing is normal, uh, Uh, in more traditional situations, um, when work is crappy, you can come home and vent to your spouse or your partner or anything like that. Um, so for us, when work is crappy, we're venting to our business partner and potentially the person who made it crappy or the person we're frustrated with. Um, so it's kind of, uh, accelerated communication in our relationship or you could even say in our work relationship um all of those things tie together you know the way the way our day starts and our productivity happens in our career um affects the way we spend our dates together um and for some people that's probably overwhelming i grew up on a farm and my mom was home and worked and it was kind of this world where the family unit just everyone worked to make everything run. And so it was kind of normal. It seemed kind of... Um, Nothing's normal. It, it didn't feel odd to me um, to be doing that. But then as we worked and lived and more and more people told us it was weird, um, we started to maybe think, oh yeah, maybe not everyone is like this. Um, I would say it's, it's, it's what's been really cool to me is I'm also a partner in... Uh, we've both been partners in other businesses. We've both, Allie and I, have had other business partners. And... All of those things that you value value in partner relationships like communication, trust, all of those things um, are also important in um, your romantic relationships. And so it's been cool for us because I feel like it's kind of been forced for those things to um, either be awesome because if it wasn't awesome, it would be terrible, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's been it's been awesome. It's been super fun. I can't imagine doing something else or spending my days working with somebody else. So uh, we have a a ton of fun. The other thing is that we have sort of complementary skill sets or interests. Um, So our, it's not like we have this forced um, sort of environment where, you know, one person is working and the other one is just going to go help them out. It's, it facilitated both of our personal um, passions as well. So there was a lot of, um, yeah, it was, Synergistic. Synergistic. That sounds maybe. like too corporate of a word. Yeah, but, but I, we'll allow I, it. Okay, thank you. I'll allow it, good sir. I, it is interesting though. It's like I, I definitely agree. I, I think I'm somebody who likes things amplified and who wants to like is willing to and wants to like smash those spheres together. It's definitely mm. not for everyone. Yeah. So I think in the same way that it can amplify the good and make things more fulfilling, can also very easily send things off the rails. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, I mean, she, Allie is a force of nature when it comes to, um, productivity and creativity and, and doing, um, all of her, the work that she does. She's a professional, she's an impressive business person. And, 
Um, it's not just like two people who are in love who are working together. It's two people who really respect and admire the other person's skill set um, who work together as well. And I think that that part of it gets um, – I can just tell this because we have a lot of people come through our studio and work with us and clients kind of hang out with us for big chunks of time. And I can tell that that's not something um, – we help each other out like you would expect life partners to help each other out and take care of each other and take care of each other's needs and things like that. Um, but I don't often see relationships where there's, um, the mutual professional respect between two people. And that's been just as important as a lot of the, um, sort of romantic aspects of our relationship. Oh yeah. I have to imagine it's integral. It's, it's almost like, crucial in a way i i want to expand on that a bit you mentioned that you're not you you phrased it like you're not just two people in love who happen to work together but the fact of the matter is you are two people in love how do you stay objective when it comes to uh professional or or business related issues yeah there has to be some sort of compromisation Compromise. Oh man, I was was so excited because usually I'm the one who just looks over to Vince for approval. And usually I say out loud, "Vince, is that okay?" (laughs) But I just like got a little a little jolt of, "Hey, Vince is wrong." I I don't know where that was already or not. Um, There has Um, to be some level of compromise uh, that happens when you can't always be 100 percent objective, right? Or can you? Completely. Yeah, I think definitely. um, And I think it's been that's been a thing that. So I used to work at a couple of, um, I've worked at a couple of different ad agencies for, you know, working with different types of clients. Um, but in those environments, it was often comparing our work to what is quote the best work out there. Right. So like, what is, what is the better agency doing? What is the people with bigger budgets doing? What are all of those things doing? Um, and so with Allie and I, we both just made conscious decisions, um, intentional and, um, to not, um, compete with other people in the sense that there's a billion photographers and a billion business coaches. And, um, there's at least four other people who kind of have the same worldview that I do that we referenced earlier. Um, Mm -hmm. and so if I just try and be a better version of those people, it's probably not gonna be that great. Um, I've just got to do the weird stuff. And so we really challenge each other, um, to push ourselves uh, just individually and take care of clients and, and help people and to be the most helpful people. Um, we don't submit our stuff for design awards or any of those things. Um, we don't enter competitions. We don't really do RFPs where we're competing for jobs with other people. Um, we work with people who are excited to work with us. And that has been um, – to be proud of our own work and then to take care of the people who are entrusting us to do creative work for them has been, those are kind of the two metrics. So, um, we are very much, um, it's easy to be objective about those two things. Um, and we get into, you know, heated discussions about those two things. Uh, is this the best thing to help this person? Do they actually need this? Um, did you do a good job of making your art or being creative in the way you want to be creative? Um, but in terms of saying, hey, I bet another person could like design this logo 4% better than you. Um, that's not really, we don't really. I mean, this is, we an just, ex- that's not the conversation. It's an excellent point. I, I think I've been thinking about this whole conversation so far visually 
in like taking a Venn diagram or multiple circles and then like making them uh, spheres, actual like 3D, but like all of these different competing spheres where they're overlapping. And I'm also thinking about like the standard sphere of mm-hmm. what society or what the professional world or the specific industry tells us is the norm and is what should be the aspiration. Mm-hmm. And I think you're nailing some really important aspects of motivation mm-hmm. and of standards that are like so, so valuable for people to think about, which is like, yeah, just making the decision to not like, oh yeah, we don't need to enter these competitions because this isn't aligned with what we're actually trying to get, like what the thing we're actually trying to do. And like, you, you're very tapped into, I think, I'm sure, I'm sure it takes this, but you're very tapped into your motivations and into yeah. like the stuff you want to do. Yeah. I, I talk. Yeah. I, I, we teach, so we teach a bunch of workshops at our studio. Um, we've oh, got yeah. them going on all the time and it's really just about when we meet brilliant people who haven't shared their knowledge yet. Uh, we try and facilitate workshops, um, to help our clients or to, so there's a lot of workshops that happen at the studio that aren't necessarily the topic I'm trying to brand myself as. Right. So we host, um, social media workshops to help people who are kind of confused by doing stuff online. Um, and I, and I kind of use it as a trick. Um, and the first thing we start these social media workshops with is a conversation about authenticity and jealousy. And the reason we do that is that there's 8 million people who are tweeting all the time and a billion people who are paying for Facebook. Like there's a, there's just so much noise out there. Um, and authenticity is always the most interesting thing and being interesting is priceless. Um, and then we, we, we transition that into a conversation about jealousy because if you're jealous, you're literally training your brain not to do the thing that you see other great people doing. Um, you're having a lot of sort of negative emotions about people who are being vulnerable and making their art and sharing it with the world. Um, and so when you're jealous, you're going to – I. Great art isn't made out of jealousy. It's not a motivation. It's a it's a bad motivation, um, and so you've got to if you've got that going on, you've got to figure out how to shut it down. And maybe it means means you need to, you know, stop watching videos if you're making videos, or you need to stop looking at other mm-hmm. photographers if you're taking photos. Um, I mean, that's the art of letting go. I think. Yeah, and, and even that's what we're talking about with like expectations expectations when we think about society and the sphere over there or expectations of what your thing should be yeah. and tapping into like oh wait what is like the best version of me because that's all i can do like that's mm. all i can do i can't be anything else um i think that's yeah. fascinating i'm curious because i feel like maybe this will be related and give us some insight into this maybe you could like walk us through the process of you guys deciding to like go full time or announce yeah. your thing or because i mean i guess i'm trying to think back how long i've known you probably like a year ish yeah like a year ish but it feels like we're like old brothers that's what I'm talking about. But yeah, yeah, dude, hell yeah. But I still, but like, I don't actually know that much about your yeah. like origin within that stuff. Yeah. I think I was, uh, in a previous life, you were my dad and, oh, I was um, your dad. And, yeah. So you feel this connection with <laughs> so me that isn't have yeah. someone claimed that I was their dad. I feel like yeah. I was their like frenetic, like cousin or little brother or something. No way, dude. That's why I am the way I am. Cause last lifetime you raised oh, me. Oh my God. Uh-oh, this is, I love this. <laughs> this is an interesting dynamic. I love this so much. <laughs> I love this too much. Okay. All right. But the question is now on you. <laughs> 
my oh, dear, sorry. My dear Can we not son. just talk about that more? No, um, no, no. We'll okay. get to that later. Um, yeah, so we started – it was this thing. I watched Allie. Allie's been one of those people who has always done the thing that she's doing. She was taking private painting lessons when she was a kid. She was doing – like when I was playing – sports as a little kid rec league sports she was doing arts in the park and like walking around the park and taking pictures of trees like she's always been a painter designer photographer artist that's what she's always been doing um and she's always been doing it for people she was like painting for clients people paid her money when she was like 10 to paint their house or whatever she was it was so she's very comfortable in this world of making her art for people um she's weirdly comfortable in it um and then so for me i grew up on a farm and i went to uh a very a, a pretty christian whatever you would imagine a christian college is like that's like where i went to college um it was like that and uh you know i had to have a person when i was a senior in college look at me and i just thought i was not a creative person and he looked at me and was like i he said i just decided one day that i was creative and from then on, when someone said, hey, I've got this problem, I try to think of creative things to say, you know, like creative solutions. Um, and that really inspired me and sparked me. And uh, it was that whole thing was this journey of I was doing what would seem like very not creative work, but I was frustrated because I was banging my head against trying to do interesting stuff in places where people weren't necessarily inviting creative outside the box thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um Fast forward all of that. I graduated in 2008. She graduated in 2009. Recession was crap. Um, we both had to get jobs that are not sexy for people with college degrees. I was loading um, boxes and trailers, uh, yeah. brown trailers, UPS trailers. Um, and she was working at a call center taking calls. Oh, um, yeah. And <laughs> this is from grind, honestly. Yeah. She, for a web hosting company. So if anyone's ever been frustrated by web hosting, um, oh. Uh-oh. You're talking to people who are if like my wife. If anyone has so. ever been frustrated, but yeah. yes, uh, it's, um, I think it's safe to assume that someone at some point has. Uh, God, what a nightmare. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes, but anyway, so it was this thing where we were just like we kind of were born in the time where we had to make our own world because there was no jobs hiring people who wanted to do the stuff we did. Mm-hmm. So I kind of popped around at a couple of different agencies, sales jobs, um, and kind of walked backwards into a way where I was just building WordPress sites for people, um, just using like themes and templates. Um, and we, she was starting her own freelance, uh, career. And it was at this point where I was actually at an agency that I was helping sort of build the strategy for this small business that was launching here in Columbus. And she had been contracted out as the designer. And then the agency was kind of sitting in the middle and a bunch of our creative ideas, um, ended up getting lost in the, project management of the whole thing mm-hmm. um, and getting so everything got sort of watered down um, and it was at that moment where I was like we could just do this together like the two of us <laughs> could just do this um, we could also charge a lot less and we could you know deliver a pretty high percentage of whatever the creative was um, and so that was the beginning of a journey and it was probably two years later that we actually sort of jumped in together full time so um that was a wild thing. We did that three in May of 2013. Yeah. Mm-hmm. May of 2013 is when we sort of officially started together. Um, but we did a bunch of stuff to kind of prepare for that. We we had a super tiny apartment that 
you know, we could have afforded just off of her freelance work. Um, you know, our lifestyle was pretty minimal, so it was easy to be a little, um, risky. Neither of us had college debt at that point. We both worked pretty hard to get that stuff paid off. So, um, we were in a, a, a great situation. Mm. Man, sorry. I was just like absorbing all of that story. I felt like I, I felt like I was there with you. <laughs> Every step of the way. Um, first of all, really interesting path that you took. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of people, I mean, unique in that it's your own, but I feel like a lot of people can identify with a lot of parts of that story, mm -hmm. especially the struggle of having to deal with the, uh, a hostile economy, uh, yeah. the, the moment of content of contemplation. When do we do this? When do we take the leap? And when you're involving two people's lives and livelihoods, like, mm -hmm. uh, as, especially a, a couple where one of you can't yeah. stay and steady the ship if things go awry, like that's gotta be extra scary, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that was, um, you know, that's just, that's the part of it that's different for everybody. You know, mm -hmm. we had a, our own sort of financial situation and, um, but we could make it work and we could choose to work, you know, 24 seven and make things work. And, um, that's what we did for the beginning for sure. Well, I, I have a lot of respect for that. Uh, you know what? You know what? This has been a little bit lovey dovey. This has been a little bit positive. There's too I'm much. Talking about. There's, there's too much happiness. There's too much. Yeah. It's always working out. You're always happy about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to fish for strife. Instead, I'm going to ask: Where are those parts of the spheres that don't intersect? When? When? What is specifically separate for you from work, from life, and from your relationship? Yeah, well, we're kind of like the annoying couple in high school that's just like holding hands all the time and can't stop. So there's nothing that's separate. We hold hands at the locker room and you the bathroom. And, uh, <laughs> you, you have to have something, a hobby, a moment. <laughs> no, no, of no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, and that's that's a good question because that's actually something we have to work really hard at. Um, so just Hanging kind of like other, <laughs> other, yeah, um, have other friends. No, yeah. um, the same way that a lot of people who don't work together have to sort of defend and protect their romantic time together or their date nights or their mm -hmm. whatever those things are to take a trip together. Um, I have to work pretty hard at defending my, uh, uh, we both have to defend our friendships or our relationships that are outside yes. of work. Um, so it's, I mean, it's difficult to look at your business partner who's working a huge day, putting in tons of effort, you know, crushing it and looking at them at four o'clock and saying, Hey, I'm gonna go get drinks with my buddies. Um, <laughs> I probably won't be very productive tonight. So tomorrow, you know, we can figure out what's going on. Uh, <laughs> other person's like, cool, I'm just gonna work real hard then. Um, and so that was definitely something that we had to, I mean, that's something that we have to put a lot of effort and energy into. Um, there was a period for, you know, 2014 was like a psychotic year for us. Um, I felt like I aged 10 years during that year. But one of the things, I had a bunch of friends around Columbus who, you know, it got to this point where they'd be like, hey, let's hang out. And I was like, oh, I can't. And sometimes I wouldn't even ask, I wasn't even like asking permission from Allie. I just was like, I feel guilty because she's crushing herself over here. Yeah. She wasn't hanging out with other people because I was crushing myself. And so we were just sitting there both working way too much and not having anything outside of that really to, um, we didn't have hobbies. We didn't have, and we were really crappy friends. I had a friend who was like, why don't you like hanging out with us? Like, what's wrong? He like called me out. Um, I go, I'm a super sucky friend right now. And I have been for like a year. Um, and so I'm sorry about that. So I had to be really intentional about, you know what? I've got a buddy and he's got 
a wife and kids and a job and he's got all this other stuff, but I've got some time to hang out. So I'm going to make it work. Um, and so it's been something that we have to really prioritize. And it's difficult. We have to like, yeah, make up hobbies, uh, f- figure out how to spend our free time. I'm like picturing you just like calling a brainstorm session for some fake hobbies <laughs> yeah. you can make up. Yeah. How do we make it appear that we are interested in other things? <laughs> yeah. Man, uh, yeah. I do wonder though, like, I know in my own story, I feel like there was a pretty decent period of time, and I think maybe Vince could attest to this, where I was just like in a, I don't want to call it a darker place, but a less like mm. available place, and I think in some ways that maybe made it darker, just in terms of like the grind, or you know what I mean, but just yeah, like... you were on the grind, I think. For sure. And it felt like a grind. Like, you could tell it was grinding you. Yeah, yeah. for sure, but I just wonder if that's... I, I don't want to romanticize that because I don't think it's something that really should be romanticized. It, but in the same breath, I would say the uh, the work should not be mm, taken for granted either. Like that's also yeah. a necessary component. Yeah, don't demonize the whole process. Yeah, yeah. But There's I don't know. Some real value. Though. It just seems like a lot of the a lot of the like more interesting like. Um, people that I feel like are like doing some of the coolest work and or and or just like like f- seem fulfilled in yeah. the stuff they're doing have like gone through that period. Yeah, but, yeah. If it, it was um, d- totally, we I can't begin to describe all of the things that sucked yeah. about 2014. Sure. Uh, as a year, we had a year long retainer during that time, so that was like I can pretty much once that was done, things changed. Um, but interesting. Um, it was brutal and it was a huge percentage of our income. And so we both were like, you know, um, it was crazy, but we just really had to define like, what do we want to be great at? And I want to be dope at running the wonder jam with her. It's not about, I don't care if I'm the best manager in the world. I don't care if I'm the best, um, speaker in the world or author or whatever. I want to be awesome at doing this thing together and I want our relationship to be awesome. So our marriage to be super tight. Um, and anytime I think people have, you know, chosen to be great at anything, whether mm. that's something that they're famous for or something that they're not famous for, um, you got to say no to a bunch of stuff. And it just sometimes it hurts to say no to stuff that other people think you should be saying yes to. Yikes. That's uh, something we've grappled with on the show before. <laughs> and yeah. something, I think it's something we've all grappled with personally as yeah. creatives. Um, it's like it's like creative people, people who are ambitious and creative end up doing this thing where you have like your whole life. Like if you imagine the the sphere, um, ding, 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 this is the topic. If you imagine the sphere of your life and you get to fill it up with stuff, creative people think of the cool stuff they like to make and do and they just fill the whole thing, right? So if <laughs> yeah. you're- Big jugs, yeah. jug after jug, just trying to dump it in. <laughs> yeah, big, exactly. Did you just say big jugs? Nice. Uh, oh, oh, you <laughs> son of a bitch, you bastard. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, no, no, son of a this. bitch is also seems like sort of a shitty thing. Son of a bitch? <laughs> It's, it? a, it's like a it's like a calling someone a dog. It's like the, that's, that's the old the, yeah 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 yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Curry, that's why it's fine. Animal. Yeah, that's uh, I couldn't not jump on that. Um, ah, you uh, could have. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. So we're dumping we're dumping all this dumping energy into, into our the, sphere. Yeah, sphere. and it's it's. I watch this with art with artists. I think they do this all the time. They're like, fuck, I like love painting. Can I just paint all the time? Why is all this other stuff ruining my painting? Or I like taking pictures of 
uh, something? Why is everything else getting in my way? And so you kind of just crowd out everything else and you try and just fill the whole thing with one thing. And I think, you know, other, um, I watch business owners do this. So businesses that you wouldn't think of as artists, uh, in a traditional sort of visual sense, but business owners do the same thing where they're like, Hey, my new goal is to make, you know, $50,000 a month doing whatever. And then they make 50,000 and they have kind of, um, a profit margin that puts up a savings that can pay themselves. They can do all the stuff, pay their employees, all of this. And what happens when they get that, they're like freak, but I could also redo the interior and I could upgrade some of my kitchen stuff. And now I, oh shit, now I need to make $60,000. But it's this thing of like, just continually, it's like you have this little, you're this little kid and you get to play on a playground and Every time they're like, hey, we can make this playground bigger so you have a little more space. And then you invent a new game that takes up the whole playground. Mm. And it's just this unending thing that just pushes you to the margins all the time. I don't know what the answer to not doing that is. I'm just – we've worked with a couple hundred people and everyone who's ambitious and creative and does cool shit, everyone fills up the sphere with whatever. Mm. And it crowds out the other stuff. And you either feel shitty that you don't get to spend as much time – going to happy hour with people as you'd like to, or you feel shitty for some other reason that something, but, um, I mean, I think you got to just be okay with saying no thanks to some things that other people think yeah, you're supposed maybe to do. I'm being naive in, in this answer, but yeah, but you're already answering a fr- in the preemptive. Answer, yeah. And you don't even, <laughs> you haven't even heard the answer. Classic. Uh, no, <laughs> I think it's sort of self sorting. If you follow like, the very general and, and easy to indulge in guidelines. If it feels good, you should do it. Like, mm. don't don't let yourself feel obligated to overcommit to e- even what you consider your life's work, because yeah. your life has a lot of very different parts to it that need sustaining. Yeah. And if there's a day that you want to go to happy hour instead of work, you know what? You should do it and yeah. trust your your metabiology. To, to get you out of the house sometimes or to, to diversify your own life plan. Mm. I like that. Metabiology. I would teach that in college. I made it up. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like something Adam would teach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, yeah. though. I mean, but the irony of that is like it would probably be effective because it, it would reframe <laughs> a perspective. It would yeah. cause us to think more about it. We have you to know figure what? out. Yeah, oh. so the metabiology, the the thing about it is, see, I'm starting to like teach it already. The thing that you didn't understand <laughs> about meta, the thing most people get wrong about metabiology is this. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I'm just kidding. I don't have anything. No, oh, but I think <laughs> I, I think it's yeah. I think it's like it's been this. Um, that's kind of where like a lot of my head sits, especially as I get more into what is like a coaching role with people, um, is because all of that stuff if you can figure that stuff out, then like people don't really need that much help with their marketing. Honestly. Um, like if you figure out how to make dope donuts, like you don't need to worry about social media. People are going to talk about it or, I mean, dude, know. this is, this is getting at the core of stuff we've talked about. Seasons one and two were very focused on self-awareness. Season three was focused on self-definition, which I think that like, if we, even if we talk about like a three year path of a business, I yeah. like, yeah, maybe the first two years, it's probably more, but let's just say the first two years are dedicated solely to like figuring out like what kind of donuts do you want to make? Why do you want to make them? And, and then yeah. like tapping into, whoa, where does all this come from? And then how can I funnel that into something that makes me really happy? And then, okay, how do we optimize? Like that's what yeah. self-definition is. But if you skip 
fucking self-awareness step it's yeah. every single decision you make is going to be draining there's so mm-hmm. much more decision fatigue that you occurs from square one every time well you're you know what you're doing you have a value system that is based on what you think a value system is versus intuition and mm-hmm. i think you can build intuition and if you don't then every single thing you do becomes a huge chore but when you're tapped into it i'm not saying that you like achieve it and it's over but like tapping into it and then staying consistently with it is like Mm. Woo! Yeah, dude, yeah. that's it is. It's all about you know what it's about. It's about, What's it about? It's about determining <laughs> what is important and prioritization what is overrated. Yeah, and, but dude, so many people are so not ruthless, myself included. But I feel like so much, so much better. I would say last year, two years, especially about prioritization, and just like cut out the stuff that that is not what you want to be doing and stop telling yourself a story that you need to like that. You know what that is, man? It's like the people who are creative, the people who are ambitious. And I didn't say quote unquote, but I wanted to, and I didn't do the hand motions, but I was close to Uh. such self-restraint. But those people (laughs) just, they have a story in their head of themselves as this thing. And this, Oh, this like heroic figure in some ways. And then they start violating the story and then it's like, Oh God, I'm bad. I've done bad. It's like an OCD kind of thing. And it's just like, Mm, no, you have to like, let go, let go, get over it. Yeah. Right itself. Ooh. It's beautiful. Says, says the writer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge hypocrite. Um, (laughs) Speaking of, speaking of which, uh, speaking of things that are overrated, I I was trying to sneak a segue in there, but I, I, Oh, nice. I ended up not sneaking it in. Wow. dude. Okay. Hold on. Too sneaky. Let, can, may I may I just hop in here? Because yeah, you were about to, and can I just meta acknowledge this? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So Vince is reading in my notebook. Yeah. I, gl- I glanced over. I saw. <laughs> jotted down. We hadn't discussed this earlier. We. Uh, what would be the off-topic topic? Off-topic topic. Uh, yes. A break we take. Oh. Talk about something not particularly germane to the topic at hand. Uh, oh my God! This is a hyper epic meta segue. Oh, like it. it I. I'm, there are so many layers to this, and I can't get into it. But here's what I will say. I, I jotted this down um, as our OTT because the last time, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I pray you do. I pray you do. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The last time I saw you in in the flesh was when we got uh, in and out in LA. Uh, yeah. Was dude. that it? Yeah. And, and here I come. Instead of gallivanting, I'm slowly walking as I look at the audience. Mm-hmm. You're eyeing them up. And I just hold the gaze. The ring. I pull slowly open the drawer and I grab the firearm within. Oh man! <laughs> oh, dude! And like Birdman, I pointed at. Him. Oh wait! Spoiler alert! Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, he. You no, know, you stab. You threw. You threw the brakes on. Uh, that was the last one. That was. Cl- that was a. Cl- oh man! As I'm careening toward the cliff, I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, the, so spin it out. Yeah. So when I think about uh, Inside Out, it's become a bit of a cliche, but I fucking love Inside Out. Yeah, Inside Out. Inside Out is that uh, animated movie? Yeah, yeah Pixar, uh, which is both, un- unrelated to the Burger Place, but, but they're not the same thing. But in some ways, they are Adam because like uh, our internal drives. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> in and out, in and out, in and out. Uh, like. I don't know if it's because, well, no, I don't think it is. It's, but maybe it's branding, but maybe not. I don't think there's a much of a placebo effect here. I just genuinely really enjoy in and out But to be fair, I do enjoy the process of it. And it's also rarer because I'm out here. And then when I'm out there, it's sort of like becomes ritualistic. So I guess I, the OTT is sort of overrated versus not, but I kind of don't mind it. If it's just like talk about burgers, which we've done like six times, but like, yeah. I don't yeah. not like I, talking I am about more it. interested in broadly, like, 
So you think you think In and Out is overrated? I'm gathering, Adam. No, no, I don't think he no, does. Hell no. I, I oh think my people God, do. No. I think people do oh, generally. No. Or people yeah. could like. You shut your mouth if you yeah, say that I'm you, saying that. Thank you, Adam. Yes, uh, right. man. Okay. I like lean closer to the mic in the hopes that I could like like yeah. physically touch you, but I Tell can't. Tell me a secret, <laughs> Adam. Okay, <laughs> but I'm just. I guess I kind of more was interested in just talking yeah. about like things that are maybe hyped. I'm just, I guess uh, hype. Maybe like yeah. hype is the off-topic topic. Yeah, and it's, I, I feel like uh, I feel like In and Out is dope. Oh yeah, uh, In and Out is dope. This is a segment called In and Out is Dope, uh, hosted by uh, Green Events. Sponsors at uh, uh, In and Out. Um, <laughs> sponsored by uh, In and Out, and yeah, what's what's something yeah. that was that lived up to the hype? Like what? What's an experience mm. in your life? Uh, okay, so so let me. I'll I'll tie this to a trip and. My Midwestern fellows will not appreciate this the same way, but um, that time that we were there in L.A. with Grant, we had been there for – we were here with him for, I don't know, a week or four days or something, but um, we had been there for a couple of weeks, just Allie and I hanging out, and um, as much as people in the Midwest love to hate on the coats – um, they're dope. They're awesome. Shouts out. California is as cool as everyone says it is. Fuck yeah. Um, there's a reason when people get super rich that they move to the place where there's awesome sunshine all of the time. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's awesome. And for most of the year, I'm an idiot for living where I live. Um, and that's fine. And when people will say, "Hey, I'm going to move to New York or L.A. or San Diego or wherever the freak they move to." Um, when people leave the Midwest to go to quote bigger and better things, I get it. I'm like down with it and I understand it. And I think people in the Midwest love to hate the coast. Oh, and they're and I'm, not, I'm not on that. Wow. Yeah. Dude. Nice. I love that perspective. Cause I'm pretty on board with you. That being said, I do still technically do live here. Though I, yeah. I make it out to the coast quite a bit. So perhaps yeah, I'm, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I think, think I, I, I don't want to push back too hard. I think, Saying you technically live here is a, is a little mis- misrepresentative. You definitely live here. I live here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You visit. You go to LA a lot. You spend a lot of time in LA. Yeah, I and, travel and, and around and around. Yeah, I. I mean, I love the coast too. I think it's. Do you? You've never been to California. You seem right? like you don't. I think We've it seems like you hate the coast. Oh, we have. I thought you said that. I, I was thinking that you said that earlier. I've never been on a commercial shoot. That's what it was. Yeah. You've never been on a commercial <laughs> shoot. I equate the it's, two. It's, it's kind of like a coast and uh, right. creative sort of You know sense. what? I will take a rare bow of humility. All right. No, no worries. Because I've only been wrong like three or four times total. <laughs> I wish I could think of something that was like everyone loved and I thought was garbage. Mm. Um, that was mm. way too hyped. There has to be something. I know. Funny. And I would. I probably think of these things a million times a day and mm-hmm. I'm sitting here blank. Have you guys uh, been to Shake Shack? No, I, I never have. Yes, I have. Uh, I compared to In-N-Out, garbage. Ooh, nice. Uh, but Here great, but garbage. Ooh. Because mm, if you're like, if you're, this is the thing. If you're going to get a burger, right? If you're going to go somewhere and you're like, oh, I'm in a cool place. I'm on one of the coasts or I'm in some other city and I'm going to get a burger. Either go to In-N-Out or go to like a place with a dope burger. <laughs> Shake Shack sits in, middle, advice, in the Adam. middle of those two things. You don't hear first here, folks. Listen, <laughs> and I'm either go to Shake Shack. Don't go to. There's no reason to go to Shake Shack. 
Jake Shack offers you nothing. Is that my Seinfeld, I think? <laughs> That's a, that is a, a manic Seinfeld. Uh, I thought it was something... A Coke-addled Seinfeld. That's my Coke-addled Seinfeld. But, like, he's at the end of, like, a 36-hour sesh. He's, yeah, he's near death. Um, I thought of something that I don't like at all that Ooh. is almost mm. universally beloved. I, oh, yeah. The movie... I was going to say TV shows and movies, man. Yeah, like, that's, a yeah. great, that's a great place to start. Uh, Dumb and Dumber. Oh, are you guys fans? Yeah, I think uh, Adam and I are maybe closer than you are. And I... <laughs> it's, Ooh, uh, that was aggressive. All right. I'm actually going to go ahead and take that back. That's like it's only the second time I've ever been wrong. One, wait, third. Uh, hey, Adam, are you a fan of that movie? <laughs> it sounded like yes. Dumb and Dumber, solid. Yep. I don't like it at all. I think it's, it's totally it's, overrated. It holds up. Um, it's fine, too. It's fine. People yeah, are wrong. Okay. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was just trying to like waffle there in order to stay in the favor of the crew. That's what I was doing. Trying, we could think of like uh, political candidates that people like, and then we could no, say, which, no, 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 Oh, I hate the Those wire. are both. Oh wait, I fucking hate the wire. Yeah, really. I'm putting the word fucking. I found it hard. I kind of found it hard to get into. I'm slowly working through the series, but very slowly because, like, yeah. it's so dense. It's just so there's a lot yeah. going on. Boring is the word you meant. Ooh, to say. Ooh. Shots fired. <laughs> no, uh, I Breaking Bad for both of you. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. I, I haven't watched the wire. Ooh, I, I should watch yeah. strong reco, strong reco. Of course, yeah. of course, it isn't. We live in an interesting time of hype, and like hype, I equate with recommendation. Yeah, and I take those very seriously. It is, man, it's an interesting process. You know, like hype is basically mass recommendation. Mm. I yeah, and it's like it's like expectation, right? Too, it's like so. Uh, you know, when no one had iPhones, they were the coolest thing in the world, and then everyone has them, and now they're like, I oh, mean, I. Those are overrated. Except yeah. for they're like, still like they didn't the like, best phone. You know, they're kind of doing their thing. Yeah. Man, it's, it's a balance. Like all things, the middle way is perhaps the correct way. <laughs> but really, like, even like I was thinking about when, when I was on that tour, the Glant tour, it's like every city we get to, like there's one dude on it who is just like consistently like needs to optimize his scenario, which I get and I'm like <laughs> about it. It's kind of like an OCD kind of tendency. But yeah. it's just like we're never ever open to anything below a 4.6, you know, mm. and it's just like sometimes like a lot of those ratings are based on individual. I mean, they are based on individual yeah. perspectives and sometimes it's just like, so I don't know. Of course the cream really does rise like the cream, yeah. the creamiest, but I feel yeah. like there's a bit of a murky undertow there. And I, I, sometimes we also lose out on our perspective on the, the delicious cream because we, yes. we have too much of it. <laughs> exactly way too much cream is a huge problem um because then uh, the, we write the rest of the non-cream gets just left out and not appreciated and check our forthcoming book oh wow so, yeah i just realized i like had a physical reaction to my excitement i am now standing <laughs> on the chair and like in a yogi squat Vin- vince looked at me weird and i was like what and i was like oh yeah all perched up like a gargoyle <laughs> yeah i'm literally seeing like a gargoyle oh that's, that's amazing why man oh okay uh, uh, too 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 good. You guys should v- do a ten thousand hour vlog, except it's actually ten thousand hours straight. 
<laughs> How long many? Five years? Ever, yeah, it's like five years. I mean, well, 40 hour work week, 52 weeks is like yeah. 2,000 hours. But then you can life hack years. it down to like oh, know, yeah. 15 minutes or something Dude, like that. Plus, we'll just skip, life, skip, a few, skip a few frames. <laughs> Dude, whenever I think of life hack, I like, I feel like I have a few friends I do this with, like jokingly do this like LH thing. You see this? Yeah. <laughs> I, it, what you do is, okay. I, I can maybe, see it. It's hilarious. Try this, try this, try this, try this. Put, put the L, like the loser L out in front of you. Gotcha. Okay. Now, now do an opposite with your left, like pointing down. So instead yeah. of the field goal, point down. Oh, and then yeah. Now connect your thumbs, mm-hmm. and then you go Did. life as you connect thumbs, and then you flip them. You, you flip, you flip uh, the right hand down yeah. and the left hand up. Life hack, baby. Yeah. Now, you know, if I do that, that's the uh, life hack. All right. Dude, is, is that a, like? Is that trademark somewhere? Can you do that? Can yeah, that no, be a no, thing? I did that, and I'm going to retroactively yeah. that'll be, uh, sue everyone. Uh, including I just, Seth. I just <laughs> trademarked it. So. Yeah, I'm going to send him a message. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> this was actually one of the one of those rare, rare, rare moments where I think a visual cue or gag like thing like actually made sense. It enriched. I think it enriched the experience because it was funny to explain it. But yeah. typically we don't bother explaining it. It's just it's worthless. <laughs> um, that, that's good. That's good. I, I'm glad that we that this didn't turn ugly because sometimes overrated overrated can sometimes be a bigger slap in the face than just saying bad. Well, dude, the thing is, you know what oh, it man. is. You know what it is. We identify so much with uh, the things we're hyped about. Yes. And like, man, if somebody gives you a bad recommendation. I mean, I can't say I'm immune from judging them because yeah. like, I don't know, man. I, I also understand like we're in different states. So sometimes I temper a recommendation with that, with yeah. like, you know, a little bit of personal like background on like why I, your audience, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I, I typically temper that with like, Oh, I'm kind of a hype boy. Like I'm excited as fuck about <laughs> anything. So I'm like a bad movie. I'll get something mm. out of it because I'm like, yep. Ooh, wow. Ooh, the cinematography is dumb here or this is cool yeah. here or whatever. So I'm like, Ooh, you might not be as excited about this thing. I'm I'm pretty excited about almost everything. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think the more I used to be like the biggest critic of everything in the world. Like I loved writing a Yelp review. Nothing made me more happy than to write a Yelp review. Oh I used to write You're that I used to write person. I used to write Yelp reviews like about uh I wrote this Yelp review about this Mexican restaurant that just opened in Columbus because I didn't think they did tacos very well. I remember my, my line to start it was like, somehow they did tacos wrong. Oh, and then, oh listen God, to this, two years later, and that place just opened, and now there's like a couple of them around the city. I am living next to the general manager of that entire taco place, and I was, you know, because I'm like, I go to places when they open because that's cool or whatever. Um, and I live, yeah, I'm a hype man. And so I live close to there and I love writing critique things so that people think I'm funny. Um, and I remember that dude was like, oh, hey, what's your name? I told him. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm the general manager of – and he and not, he told me what it was because when you own a restaurant and it's just opening and someone writes a crap Yelp, Yelp review about you, you know that person's name. Really? Like those businesses know those people's names. So that dude knew me. Like he, when I said that name, he knew who I was. Um Oh and my god. I used oh, to wow. yeah. Look out. I used to love I, I and the more I've worked with businesses and artists and things like that and have gotten more okay with that, the like less I criticize stuff. I actually find I find myself like arguing the opposite of everything. People were like, "Hey, this new album by some band is garbage. All their better stuff was or all their previous stuff was better." I'm like, "Man, they're just fucking making art. I don't know. You're not going to like all their stuff, but Ooh, dude, this know, is actually a really good do. point. I feel like so it's it's, I, I got off the I got yeah. off the overrated underrated thing, um, though I do have many opinions and I wish I could access them in service of this 
OTT. I don't know. I feel like that that perspective alone is like I'm I'm pretty hype on that. Oh, that's a, no, that's a great. I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, I don't know. I think with with a lack of perspective, you have a lot more room for opinion. Yeah, in my opinion, um, like <laughs> when I, when I didn't really know how the world worked, I had a lot of ideas about how to make the world work better. But now yeah. that I start to learn even the barest amount of ah. things actually work. Yeah. It's crowding out the room for me to have opinions. Can I ask you? Yeah. Can I ask you guys a question? So, do you think? Because we're all I'm 30, and I don't know how old you guys are, but there's a part of me that thinks we've bec- we like the three of us have gone through these sort of journeys in life where we're now very self-aware and smart and like you know above it all, and we've chosen the third way between tensions. But then there's another thing where I'm like, maybe this just fucking happens as you get older and you like calm down a little bit about stupid stuff. Which do you think is more true? Um, I, I'm very protective of the fact that I don't consider myself smart. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna push back on yeah. that. Yeah. But um, I think it's <laughs> Grant just agreed. He's like, yeah. I mean, well, he's heard me talk about it before. <laughs> no, no, no. I was protecting myself too. I was, I was like, I was, that was solidarity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. Um, no, no, yeah, that was Vince, not a dig. That, totally. was, that was not a dig. And I'm rubbing Vince's <laughs> no, back just so no, you know. I'm not, I don't feel dug at all. Oh, I, yeah. I, no, no. I was just rubbing you again in solidarity. <laughs> I'm not digging. Guys, I'm, this is a safe space. Solidarity. This is a safe space. <laughs> I think it's a matter of perspective, and perspective can be gleaned by a lot of things. Uh, Time being one of them, right? Yeah. Is age, and yeah. it happens naturally, but it doesn't lend perspective to everyone. Obviously, yeah. there are still bullheaded, stubborn old people. I mean, some of the most yeah. stubborn people. Oh, my gosh. Uh, not to be ageist, but um, I, I don't know. I think being trying to be self-aware, trying to be actively um, maybe devil's advocative. Yeah. I fucking hate. Can we find a new term? I mean, the last I episode we just the episode we just recorded, I was talking about devil's advocate, too. And I was just like, ah, I, I understand it. But term for, for what? For the, yes, this. I guess you're right. It has context. Jesus is Jesus is advocate. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Like um, <laughs> Satan's servant. Basically, <laughs> you know, try, Fuck. try to challenge your own point of view. Yeah. Maybe to put it like that is is useful. I think I try to do that. But also mm. age has just ex- exposed me to a sheer volume of information that was yeah. greater than I could have hoped for yeah. when I was younger. So here's what I'll say. Yes mm. to the <laughs> never. I mean, okay, there, there are two points. Well, there are a few points here, but one, like, I'm not going to claim above or, uh, like, in any sort of, like, value sense, like, beyond, because I think, like, anyone who seeks wisdom knows they are not wise. Yes. Okay. Right. So, so there's that. And I, I, but I don't want to like mince your words because that's, I don't think that was your intention at all. Um, but I, I also like, I think there's something to be said though. And this should be acknowledged. Even I think a wise, uh, uh, a, t- a person who, who, uh, who strives to be wise should also acknowledge the path they're on. And mm. at a certain point, it's kind of like reps. It's kind of like anything you put yourself in the arena enough like you've been there and yeah and i think anyone who strives to be intentional open-minded purposeful like that is like that shouldn't be discounted because that's yeah. very real too and yeah. I, th- I think once you're on that path it's like you're there like you're there and like you continue on it and it's constant and it's an evolution and yeah. you're never when i say you're there i mean you're there in terms of like dealing with it and questioning it and trying yeah. to progress it it's like there is no true destination there. But yeah, yeah I, I think like, dude, you're somebody who's 
on that path. And I, I think we strive to be on that path yeah. and that's a pretty good indicate. I, I feel like you can youth, youth is definitely a thing. You, you know, I think the youthful yeah. or the, the youth are like more, um, <laughs> uh, they're not as on that path, but I don't mm. think age is necessarily a restriction to it. So, yeah. so I, I would say it's not, it's not just age. I sometimes like, I sometimes find it weird that so much of like m- my generation of people and the people who I interact a lot with who are artists and people who are starting businesses and doing things. Um, we kind of like reject a lot of the stuff that sort of our previous generations gave us and like set up for us. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, the more I experience and get older, the more I'm like, well, shit, I didn't really like, know what I was doing when I was rejecting the stuff they gave us. Um, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I feel like we have a bunch of, myself included, we're a, a lot of people who are saying, oh, we're going to do the world differently than it was done before. Um, but Sure, the cyclical nature yeah. of things like can't yeah. be denied. Yeah, I think maybe what makes us more uh, a little bit bolder about that is just the sheer smallness. Usually, it's like the sheer size, like magnitude. But I think yeah. it's the sheer smallness of of recorded human history, which I think, huh. and that's just aspiration and ambition, and yeah. like like genuine desire to do better and to do different. And I think that will just keep pushing us forward. But perhaps in our years, we start to realize that like that the edge will always be the edge and yeah. anyone who's on the edge, it won't be any different because right. it will still be the edge. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, that's, I think it's important. And you say cyclical, but maybe I would say spherical. And uh, <laughs> uh, I've, I've do spheres that. have an edge? I've, I've, yeah. Well, they have an outer they have an outer, like shell. Layer. Yeah, it, it's there's only it's a one edge. It goes all the way around. Um, it's just one edge, right? Uh, pi, right? Pi. <laughs> there's pi involved somewhere. I'm not a mathematician. Pi is pi. the distance around. Three point one four one five nine. Yeah, in two D, in two D, right? And then there's no. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> what, what's the three? I, no, no, no. In two D, but then you flip it. It's a sphere. Yeah. I don't know the mathematical equation. Yeah. Sphere there's there. pi no, there. But, if you make that circle a sphere, that is pi. Oh, is that is that? True? Yes, that's accurate. Well, see, today I learned that because I didn't. Uh, hey, 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 Vince, intersect two circles. Yeah, and you have a sphere, right? If you, yeah, yes. if you can add, can yeah, yeah, between yeah. yes, but that is the outer edges. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, I'm, and I'm not. <laughs> I can't verify this independently. I, I have, I have, yeah, yeah, but I, I'm I, telling you, it's I accurate. I believe you. Why are you still trying to convince me? Well, just uh, give me some goddamn support. He senses unbelief earlier. I've got a couple, hopefully easier questions for you. Yeah, that's good, Adam. Uh, First, tell us pi the the <laughs> to the twelfth digit. Two, no, it's sorry. Two circles. Oh, God, I'm it's sorry. One, what have I done? Five, nine, six, two. You look seriously. <laughs> that is actually right. Oh, nice. Respect. I knew that much. Yeah. Almost sure it's that. Because rote memorization is, e- is uh. a lot easier than actually understanding something. Uh, <laughs> Adam Lehman, first question for you. Yeah. Uh, how can our listeners support you? So, say that again? How can our listeners support you? Wait, say that. I would agree. I was laughing. I'm sorry. Our listeners. Our listeners. Uh, how oh, can got they, you. How can they support you, Adam Lehman? Yeah, you can go to... Um, just check out the Wonder Jam. See the stuff we're doing there. Um, if you know website? people, the Wonder W O N D E R Jam uh, J A M 
com, and you can just check that out. Um, or Google something close to it, and you'll get there. And then... Can't um, confirm, did Google it earlier. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, people spell it wrong, which is fine. Awesome. Oh, right. the, the Wundajam? The yeah, yeah, or they do like the uh, W-A-N, like wander, like walk around. Oh, and so that's yeah. actually a big... It was a big joke when we named the thing, because I chose the wrong word each time I was writing either one of those words for the first 25 years of my life. Um, and I always, I wrote it wrong all of the time. Uh, and Allie would always make fun of me and then we named the dang thing. So I would have to remember it. So Uh, that's utilitarian. I've never heard of it. Um, yeah, cool. We'll show notes that definitely check it out. You guys are doing a lot of really cool stuff over there. Um, next question. If you would like our listeners to take one thing away from your time on the show, what would you want that to be? This goes back to our conversation about being critical or critics and hype and those things, but there's no need for cynical people uh, or commentary. Um, You don't need to make things with that motivation. And so I think that kind of ties into the jealousy and the, all of that. Um, And I think we, our world desperately needs people to make awesome stuff um, and awesome stuff really comes from that spot. So, um, when you're for yourself, like want to just scroll through Twitter or Instagram or the internet and be pissed off, then s- stop doing that and go make a thing somewhere else. Shouts out, shouts out a word that I've been fixating on a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I fixated on self-awareness for a couple of years mm. and I've been a little bit fixated on self-definition, but a word, especially the last probably the last like six months. And I think this was something that came up for me, especially during, uh, I ran into some like pushback on a show. I was doing an art show called lucid and, mm. um, and ultimately I feel like the, the aim should be, and I don't want to romanticize this as like mass efficiency or mass, like workaholic holicism, mm. uh, but productive, be yeah. productive, be pushing the ball forward and and have that in mind and sometimes that means supporting sometimes that means being productive in your criticism but ultimately like i would say a good criticism is productive in that it gives the creator feedback and it gives the market feedback exactly but anything else is sort of selfish yeah in our yeah the the internet no just like the media in general loves like controversial stuff right and so it's awesome to be pissed at things. Um, but it's not useful. Like there's a time in our probably human history where we needed that really bad because there wasn't many people calling out stuff that was garbage. Um, and we monarchies and like, (laughs) seriously. (laughs) Um, but we don't need that stuff. We meet people, we need people to, the world doesn't need more people to review restaurants. We need people to make awesome stuff. And to support that and support that. And support, yeah, support those things. Yeah. I support you, Adam Lemon, and your. I support you guys. I. Yeah. I I would freak. I want to. Someday when I'm super wealthy, I'm just going to like fly over to your cast and just like watch you guys do stuff and be like an audience, you know? (laughs) Just like start the work. I'm I'm not. I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. That's a very sweet gesture, but I'm I'm questioning if that's really productive. 
it's really for it's not it's not it's but indulgent. i'm supporting your art thank you man thank we, you we so appreciate much. that and we appreciate you coming on and generally just the work you're doing and man i'm just like i'm nuzzling the mic here through yeah, the pop filter a visual move <laughs> <laughs> this is like, like a rubby <laughs> like how did uh, like, hey we got like yeah there we go <laughs> one final request <laughs> one final request okay. got you uh could you give us our customary sign off uh which i'm sure you're familiar with ship it Wait, what did you say? You like well, totally yeah, I'll take it. I'll take a try here. Sorry, Vince right, struggles yeah, with this yeah, sometimes. <laughs> so, I come from a long lineage of shipmen, a nautical heritage we have here on the show. <laughs> uh, we're sailors, and we like to leave our guests, our audience, and the world <laughs> with with uh, a couple of words, a phrase, an idea, if you will. I felt like Leo DiCaprio. I felt like <laughs> Leo DiCaprio in Inception there. An idea is the hardest. Okay. We just want you to say ship it because shipping yeah. it is really important to us. I thought I thought Vince said shipman and I was like, what that's not even what you're talking about. Ship it.